Hello, and welcome to Lunar Magic Tea Time, where we discuss all things magical, mystical, metaphysical, and sometimes even a little mundane. I'm Kristen. And I'm Nancy. And this week, we are talking about crystals, how they play into our practice, or how they can play into your practice. There are just so many crystals out there, and so many of them that we call our personal favorites have already been talked about on this podcast. There's a joke with many of my witchy friends that uh, that witches like rock of all sorts, and that seems to be very, very true. Oh, side note, I might have accidentally bought you a crystal this weekend. (laughs) Can never have enough. No. Crystals can be used in many different ways. Often Reiki healers will incorporate them into their healing sessions. Crystals work on frequencies um, like we discussed in our sound episode and can be used in conjunctions with all sorts of sound and wave healing. Crystals work on our vibrations just by being in the same space that we are in. And so just by placing them around you or in your space, you're using crystals with intention to elevate your spirit. But there are also many ways to activate, charge, and use crystals, and we'll touch on some of them. And by the end of the episode, we'll be sharing um, some of our favorite crystals with you. One important note before we start, please be very aware that some crystals are not ethically sourced. Many use slave labor and child labor and other unethical practices. If that is something that is important to you, please just be very aware of where you're getting your crystals. I use a local to me store that makes sure they're ethically sourced in their inventory. I do pay more for it, obviously, but that's a choice I make because for me, I want my magic to make the world a better place for everybody, not just for me. Um, Also, you have to be aware... um some places that the crystals may not be crystals. Yes. The pairs we've been to, there's been one that could be glass or... And for some practitioners, there's a huge difference between man-made crystals and organic. In my opinion, man-made crystals are on the same level as the ones that you dig out of the ground, but that's for me. It might not be for you, but any ethical purveyor of crystals should be willing to tell you if, tell you where they're sourced, tell you if the pretty shiny thing on the table is crystal or glass, that kind of thing. So let's just jump right into it. Wearing or carrying crystals is obviously the easiest way to use them in your practice. If you're wearing them or carrying them, they will lend their power to you in a pretty direct way. And this is something that we all, that a lot of us do, even when we're not super into being witches. Diamonds are crystals. And, you know, your wedding and engagement rings carry the protection and the fire of diamonds. Pearls bring us the nurturing, mothering energy. And I don't know anybody who doesn't know their birthstone. Mine's emerald. I am sapphire. Andy's is ruby. Yeah, it fits her when you think about it. You can find pretty reasonably priced necklaces and bracelets almost anywhere. And you can make your own simply by going to the bead store and looking at what fabulous things they have. A lot of bead stores have actual small, ready-to-go stones, actual crystals, and you can mix and match the energies as you need. Chris is going to tell you one thing you should not do is... Ingest crystals. Do not eat crystals. 
I feel like that's something we shouldn't have to say, but. Right, but I've seen websites that exist for very bad choices. I am going to be talking about charging water with crystal energy, which is probably the most hippiest thing you'll ever hear me say. And I am putting this warning out here right now. Do not ingest crystals. Thank you for listening. <laughs> okay, so charging crystals yourself can uh, be done sometimes simply just by holding the crystal. You can use the crystals to ground out extra energy if you have way too much. Quartz is the best for grounding out extra energy and quartz are going to be the most readily available. Quartz does come in a lot of different flavors, and so you're going to want to find the ones that really resonate with you the most. So charging you, charging up your energy with crystals. So you're going to want to get two crystals, each with a point on only one end. You're going to place one on your non-dominant hand with the point of the crystal pointing toward you. And then you're going to put your, the other one in your dominant hand with the point pointing out to direct the energy away from you. So you're going to be drawing in energy and then pushing out energy and then drawing in energy and pushing out energy. So you're pushing out the negative energy and pulling yes. in the positive? Yes. Or, you know, if you're in a really bad mood, you can do it the other way. I won't judge. <laughs> Although I would switch hands for that, actually. Flip the way. Anyway, uh, you can just receive energy using it this way by pointing, the by using one crystal in your non-dominant hand and having it point towards you. Or you could just give away energy, placing it in your dominant hand and letting it flow out. So... That's the simplest way to charge crystals. Charged waters. I think a lot of us are sort of familiar with the concept of safe flower essences. You can go to the store and buy what's called box rescue remedy. This is just water that has been charged with the power of flowers and plants. Crystal water is much the same. For protection and for health, you can charge the water with the power of the crystal you are most aligned with. I use the two giant rose quartz that my mother uh, gave me for to charge up peaceful water for myself. It's very soothing. You should charge during the time of day most in tune with the crystal. So if you were going to do, say, moonstone water, you'd want to do it at night. Or if you wanted to do sunstone, Obviously, you'd want to do that in, in the bright of the day. Okay. But also, you're going to want to be aware that too much light exposure to certain crystals will bleach the stone. So amethyst is very sensitive to a lot of light, so you wouldn't want to leave it out too long. But the way I charge my crystal water is by taking a pitcher of water that is glass, and preferably clear glass at that. And then I also use a large clear glass bowl. I fill the pitcher with the water and pay, place that pitcher in the large bowl and set the very, very crystals that I'm using inside that bowl so that it's the crystals are touching the pitcher of water. And then I set everything out in the sun or the moon or whatever until, you know, for a few hours until I feel like, oh, that's enough. Okay. Um, I do often throw a little piece of cheesecloth or something over the top so the water stays clean because I'm picky like that. Um, and I bring it in after a couple of hours and I refrigerate it. Now, you can stop there and just do that, but you can further dilute it and also keep it longer, give it a longer shelf life by adding brandy or other alcohol. 
because some, and some people have said that they find the vibration of the water too much if they drink it just straight. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I find a 50-50 split to be pretty good. I don't need 50 booze and 50. 50 booze and 50 water. Now, because you're only taking like little dropperfuls, like little medicine, like at the most, maybe a half a teaspoon at a time. Okay, that's good news. So don't sit there and drink 16 ounces of charged no, water. Don't do that. Oh gosh, you vibrate right up. So yeah, at most a quarter of a teaspoon at a time, usually just the little droppers. And that's why you want the booze to kind of help stabilize it so it lasts longer. Oh, okay. But charge. Huh? Keeps the charge longer. Yeah. Okay. And then I just when I drink that water when I need the energy of that crystal or I add some to my bath. If it's just straight water, I'll add some to my, my bath water. Um, when you get a little more experience playing with the vibrations and learning how the different crystals interact with you, um, you can start making some pretty amazing combinations. Okay. And because yeah, I, going through my head. Okay, if you wanted this, you could do that. Yeah. So I make herbal water too. So I use a lot of my garden herbs to make water in the same way that I just made the crystal water. And I mix and match those with um, my with my crystal waters. So selenite water with catnip water, catnip water would be so nice for peaceful pleasant sleep yeah and rose quartz with rose water if you needed to give yourself an extra little boost of self-love before we talked about don't drink the whole thing i was in uh picturing those you know how they oh, a few years back they were really popular for the fruit diffused water but i thought what if instead of it being ones with holes it was a solid tube and you put your crystal do they make something like that they do make something like that so like, especially like if you were out somewhere on vacation where you couldn't have a picture, if you had that, put the stones in, put it out, and then you could use them. I am sure that I have seen something like that sold somewhere. Yeah. Etsy, maybe? I don't know. But I know, I know that they sell tumblers with the actual crystals in a sleeve in the middle. Yeah. But I would prefer to mix and match. Yeah. That would be kind of cool because it would be sealed. You wouldn't have to worry about the cheesecloth and if you had a small yeah. one. Yeah. Or if you wanted to do it when you were on the road. Or we should come up with it ourselves. <laughs> yes. We should. Um, you can also add crystals directly to your bath water. Um, most crystals hold up pretty well. Uh, quartz certainly holds up very well. If you're uncomfortable with that idea, just set it around your tub candles or herbs so you make like little herb bags when you i take uh, jelly bags that you use for straining jellies and um because they're reusable and washable and i just fill them with my herbs and crystals oh, nice. and then put that in my t bathtub and then when i'm done i can i strain it all out you use your crystal mm -hmm. nice which brings us to crystal grids, which like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> see, this is, this is where your brain will really catch fire because so crystal grids are not a form of magic. I've used more than a couple of times. I have some stones that I use in energy work, but I don't tend to use them in a very specific sort of way that my magic is just kind of higgly piggly, but this is a very powerful way to harness the energy of the crystals 
and apply that healing to other to yourself and others. Mm -hmm. Many Reiki practitioners will use these grids on their clients. My Reiki person would lay the grid nap on my back and place the crystals and just let me lie there until whenever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are many, many grids out there to look for inspiration and other, and some practices and paths will have very specific ones that you'll want to use if you're part of those paths. Okay. Um, crystals are, because crystals are all about the flow and vibration and direction of energy, pay attention to how things move when you're laying out your grid. So when you begin to work with crystal grids and start laying them out, be very aware when you start the process. So you put the first stone down. How does the energy shift when you put the second stone down? How does the energy, that sort of thing. And then when you get used to how those basics start to work, you can start playing with directing the energy. And along the lines of crystal grids, I know a whole lot of us sleep with crystals. I do. I have an amethyst under my bed. You can do this whichever way works best for you. Um, I put some under my pillow, but I realized pretty quickly that with the way my bed is set up, they just kind of fall down anyway. Yeah. So I set up, um, my sleep crystals are in a line on the floor underneath my bed. Oh, okay. Moving in the direction that I want them, I want the energy to move. But I think you could put some amazing sleep, you can work out some amazing sleep grids that you put up under your bed or under the bed of a sick person or a child. But be careful because kids will stick everything in their mouths. They do do that. So when I was doing uh, research on these grids, I'm like, oh my goodness, what if you did a sigil grid? <laughs> that popped in my head because you know me with sigils right now. So immediately I thought of my new sigil, which I call my family grid and how... Um, get a piece of wood I even looked for the little things of wood and carving it and then the crystals would be on that. So that's something I'll be working on, like combinations of different types of magic. I think that that is a really exciting idea, actually. I can get to Michael's. Yes, I think that's a really... And then for some reason I'm into wood burning, I don't know. I like <laughs> fire and a sigil and the crystals. <laughs> You just like the fire. I guess. Like those two phases. <laughs> we are now going to pendulums. Okay. Crystals make amazing pendulums. And you can tailor this to fit the situation. My personal favorite of my pendulums is one that has a stone for each one of the chakras and works really, really well with for energy work. Um, and in fact, I started playing with it with my chakra stones that I've been working with lately and got some really interesting results. But my divination pendulum is amethyst and sulfur and hates me for some reason. <laughs> Since you have in the past, the old pendulums haven't really reacted strongly for you. That the chakra one with the chakra stones is definite reaction. So. Yeah, and that's I was that's why I was glad we you, you got to see it because you've seen me try to get the pendulums to work and they just kind of go yeah no, no we don't know you yeah uh, that's fine not every form of magic is going to work for every witch well I feel like pendulums might be easier for 
us um, newer to the path because um, Kristen helped me pick out mine. How many years has that been? Four. Four, four, four. four. Um, so I got a clear quartz one and I brought it home and I just kind of fly into things and don't go do any research. And I just went in there and I go, okay, what do you want to do for yes? And immediately went vertical for no, it was um, horizontal. And I don't know, it was a circle. Mm, yep. And again, it's very, um, very communicative. Except the one time I hadn't used it for about six months and I picked it up and it wouldn't answer. And I said, uh, okay, what are you pouting? Because I haven't communicated with you and it immediately so. I don't know how I got a smart-ass one, but, you know. I do know exactly how you've got a smart-ass one. I mean, hello, it, it's you. Your pendulum has no choice but to be the most sarcastic smarty mouth ever. And it's so sarcastic. It is sarcastic. So uh, one of the other things when I was doing research um, that I did not know was the meanings for shapes and crystals. Like, not only do you have to worry about type of crystal and the color plays an important role, but I also found out that shapes, there's seven common shapes. The first one was cubes, and it says it is a grounding vibe to help you connect to the energy of the earth, and also place them in the corner of each room to protect the space. I'm trying to think of if there be anything else with the meaning or why that would do that. Is it just... I don't know. Yeah, because some of the other ones, like, like it helps ground the energy of the earth. I don't know. Second one is pyramids. Um, they're said to be very powerful for manifesting your desire and to anchor your intention, setting the intention out into the universe. Now, this one kind of made sense to me because with the point, you know, extending the energy in that or, or what you're trying to manifest. Um, yeah. Cash or sending out love, the collective uh, pyramid work. Years. I loved this one, just the meaning. Um, it reminds you that you're you're a part of the greater whole, connected to all the energies surrounding, just holding the world in your hand, and also that it would make a great um, meditation. As you know, we have lots of spheres. And I love spheres, and I have a, a rose quartz sphere, an amethyst sphere. I just bought the most beautiful selenite spheres for Nancy and I, um, and then I have what. Well, I have two literal crystal balls. Yeah. Oh, I have a citrine there. I and I thought for the longest time I thought I liked them. I like circles. I, I do a lot of I, I just like the shape of a circle. Yeah. And I thought, well, this just plays into that, but it makes more sense that it's connecting you to the energies mm -hmm. and your surroundings and everything. Yeah, I really like the meaning on that one. Uh, the next one is tumbled stones. They don't be fooled by the size that it's a great travel one, powerful and mobile pocket purse, put them in your bra, and it keeps mm. energy all day long. And I like that it said it was a constant reminder of your intention. So because yes. carry them on your body. The next one is crystal points. Uh, crystal points keep you sharp and on point that create a sigil on paper, hold the paper and place the crystal point on top of it, pointing up. And it kind of acts like a pyramid where it's directing all that energy from the intention on the paper up to the universe. I thought, I'm like, I do have some sort of crystal points. So again, the shape, the stone, the color, whatever, it's really a lot of research to combine everything in 
what you're doing to make it the most powerful. You can go so far down a rabbit hole with magic and never ever reach or the bottom say, of learning. Exactly. I mean, I, I have so much to learn. It's not even funny, but um, one thing about doing these shows has been really good for me because it gives me a specific thing to go research. I'm like, oh, I never even thought about shape or that or this. I mean, I, it gives, I mean, I have a lot of really good basic knowledge, I feel like, but then you're so good at going, okay, but I want to make it more specific. And I, and I'm just like, well, I'm just the old country cottage witch. Yeah. Like I go by my gut so much that having you be all excited about like the tiny nuanced stuff yeah. is amazing because it's me, it's pushing my practice. Yeah. You know, I never thought of doing that. I think it was a good point too. I wanted to kind of promote this book that um, I love so much that I got Kristen one. And it's called The Crystal Witch, The Magical Way to Calm and Heal the Body, Mind, and Spirit. And it's by Sean Robbins and Leanna Greenaway. And it's just an amazing book. There's so much detail in there. You really wouldn't need another crystal book for witches, I think. I just so want to be ridiculous. I have eight. I don't know. It really resonated with me because they came at it from so many different directions. Yes, they really did. They thought of things I hadn't really thought of. And I really, a couple of the things I can't wait. If you people are, are, if you're interested in learning, that's the book to get. It's a reasonable book and easy to obtain offline. Oh, sorry for that little side path, but it made me think of that book. Um, number six is heart. Heart-shaped crystals are not naturally occurring. Well, most of the time. I have some Most of the time. Yeah. Um, they're cut and polished in the shape, but they radiate a strong love energy. And you can use it to activate your heart chakra. We talk about imagining light or that, the stone, clearing only wounds and traumas and bringing healing and peace to the heart and body. So that might be a good one to wear in your bra. Remind me to, uh, when we get to the end and I tell you the spell I did this week. Okay. That this, the hearts plays into it. Okay, perfect. And the last one is clusters. I have a few of those. It, um, but I never even thought of this. It's great for bringing unity into a space, whether um, it's the family dinner table or maybe your table in your living room or a conference room, any place where people come together. And it's supposed to help create uh, open dialogue and community. Well, I love that. I have that right over my head. Uh, a clear quartz and then um, I think it's a sphere of, I don't know, it's blue quartz or fluorite. The big chunky thing yeah oh i'm not sure what that is it's beautiful though so it sits inside of my oh, that's very pretty very i don't think it's fluorite no i don't think so either i don't know what well, maybe it's just dyed quartz you know you know me i just pick what i feel like they're calling to me anyway so that is shapes um new thing for everybody to investigate now we're going to come into Chris's favorite crystal Ta-da! okay um, so asking me my favorite crystals is a little bit like asking me my favorite kid. Depends on the day. <laughs> I think, but I do think overall my, like my top five, I always have them in extras so that I can put them into spell bags or whatever are probably going to be amethyst. Yes. Growing up, 
purple was my absolute favorite color one year in middle school. Um, it's the only color I wore. So um, I always have amethyst. It's very good for um, protection, for sleep. It's also tends to be for me because I work with it so much. It kind of tends to be an all around. I use a lot of rose quartz and I use a lot of selenite. I use a lot of selenite actually. So those are definitely my top three, but I also love any form of topaz. Um, I am a big fan of obsidian. I use a lot of turquoise. What's the uh, benefit of Yeah, I've, I've been putting, I, I'm, I think part of it right now is because what I'm doing, but for me, again, for me, who knows what turquoise is for in the real world because I'm not, uh, but when I use it, it's usually for, um, I use it for protection. So it is very good for protection against danger and for improving your intuition oh. and helping overcome mood swings. So protection, intuition, which is probably why it goes into so many of my spells. On that same trip, Kristen was with me when I first started buying crystals. I remember the first day I got amethyst, rose quartz, Selenite, clear quartz. Um, that's when I got the pendulum. Uh-huh. And I've bought many overs in the last five years or so. But um, when one thing I remembered is when I was making my granddaughter's um, dream catcher before she was born, the moonstone, is that's when it started calling to me. Like all of a sudden, that's one of the moonstones. And then the fairies took one for about three months. Until I bought another one and then they gave it back. It's like it wasn't as much fun. And I know what Kristen's going to say, feed the fairies. You never remember to feed them and they're all over your Anyway. They're all over my space. Feed them. Um, I haven't been able to buy any lately because I do like going to stores and seeing what calls to me. Other than I book Jasper online. Um, I do like to touch it and pick it up before I buy it. Brings me to my favorites. There's still Amethyst, uh, (laughs) Rose Quartz, Sunlight. Moonstone, and the other one that I've really been attracted to late is, and I don't know if I'm going to say this correctly, Labradorite. Um, To me, this stone seems like it's trying to tell a story or a message. Like the piece I have, it it looks like a big leaf, and then sometimes it looks like a tree. So I'm like, okay, that's a message to ground myself. Um, I did give two of my um, my cellulite and amethyst to Troy when he was having bad nightmares and it helped like immediately. So now I need a new cellulite one now that I think of it. <laughs> Those are my favorites. That brings us into spells. How do we use crystals in our magic? Well, we, I, if we're doing specifically magic, I like to set up crystals on my altar to match the spell work or ritual I'm about to do that helps settle my mind and order the energy through my altar. The act of picking out the right crystals helps focus my brain to say, oh, we're doing spell work now as well. So that's always nice. I use a lot of spell pouches and candle magics, and I was able to pick up a whole bunch of chips of crystals at a local craft store. And I use those tiny little chips. They're literally almost flake, very tiny sizes. But I use those in spell pouches to help elevate the energy in the pouch directly. 
and I will dress candles with crystals or put them into the candles that I make. So that energy is released as the candle burns away. When we, we can charge crystals to be carried with us with very specific energy, super simple. Hold the crystal and pour your intention into that crystal. Just focus the end goal, that visualization into that crystal. When you're done, either carry the crystal and use that in latent energy as you go through your day or store it until you need it. Like I like that. I like doing that because that means I have access to my energy and my intention in those moments when I may not have it and me personally to do it right then. Mm-hmm. Like I've put a stash of my energy away for later. And I like that. I charge my jewelry all the time, buried crystals on my property. I Typically, when I move into a new space, I put four quartz crystals in the four corners of the property, but... for protection? uh, Yeah, and just kind of building a ward against um, anything I don't want on my property. Okay. Um, But uh, I once when I was selling property I couldn't be at to keep an eye over, and we had some contentious people around that particular property. Mm -hmm. Um, I protected it by planting obsidian points, point down in the four corners of the property, um, making a very, um, obsidian is a very hard stone. And I just built basically a black wall of, no, you're not crossing these lines. Go back and get them or are they still there? No, they're still there. I'm not going back there. (laughs) <laughs> oh no it'll be a shock for them when they find it but whatever not my problem um i use them on my sigil sandboard just all over my nightstands and now i'm surrounded with them on my workspace um, and use them for meditation and that but um after doing this episode i'm really going to try to include them more in magic more than just um yes charge them maybe that's my problem like i just pick them up and don't it's the full moon. You should go charge them tonight. Well, I mean, I tra- oh tonight. Oh my goodness, I didn't look at my app this week. <laughs> okay, they're all going to the. Well, window. the only reason I know is because I'm doing this thing with those other people. And I should have known too, because my cousin posted a picture that said it was almost full moon. Um, like, no, it hasn't. Usually, you remind me. So, but yeah, I'm just kind of thinking. Okay, is it that I haven't charged? I mean. So not so much charging them by the full moon, but charging them and putting your intent in them. That's what I was thinking. Maybe that's something I need to add. Oh, yes. You've already charged it with the full moon. You would use it first and try to put your energy in that in it, or what would you do? Yeah, I would do. I would do the moon cleanse charge, yeah. whatever, and then sit with them with the specific intention that you have okay. while they're pretty fresh like tomorrow after they that's what i would do okay i'm gonna do that this time that brings us to we went through one spell and Kristen has actually done this so we're gonna let her talk us through it and then maybe a little bit of what you felt afterwards and so this is actually something new we want to do every episode is we want to start sharing a spell that we have done with you so that you can start building your own sort of book of shadows. Yesterday, I did a banishing spell and the materials for this 
banishing spell are a black obsidian stone, a black candle for ban banishment, a white candle for attracting protection, osha root, a fireproof bowl, pen and paper, and a flower pot filled with soil. Now, before we get too deep into this, please note that at no point should you feel like you need to go out and buy every single thing. You can substitute almost everything. Black obsidian can be just any black stone. Birthday candles work great for spell candles. Oh. Uh, and a really good inexpensive substitute for OSHA root is um, ground cloves. Oh. Just know that going into it, you can substitute. Cleanse and empower your crystal. This is best done at the new moon, but I never, I can't be bothered. I never, I barely remember what day of the week it is. <laughs> um, best to be done at the new moon if that's your jam. I needed to do it yesterday. Cleanse and empower your crystals. Now mine were already cleansed and had actually been tucked away. I chose to use an obsidian heart oh. shaped crystal because I, so this is, this is, set up to the spell and I'll get into it. I used a heart-shaped black obsidian crystal. You're going to set the candles on um, opposite sides of your altar or your workspace and light them with a bowl in the middle, your fireproof bowl in the middle. Have a glass of water on hand. You're playing with fire now. <laughs> You're putting the osha root or the ground cloves in the bowl. Put the crystal in front of the bowl, the obsidian in front of the bowl. Write on that piece of paper the thing that you want to banish. Be very specific or be as specific as you can. So take some time to think about what it is you really want to banish. I personally wanted to banish financial insecurity for myself. I've got some stuff going on, I wanted to banish that. Place the paper on the altar and repeat what you've written seven times out loud and end it with so mote it be, or however you choose to end your prayers. Say, so be it. Yeah. Place the paper in a bowl, in the bowl and light that paper with the black candle and then let the candles burn down. So you're placing the burning paper on top of the ocean root or clothes. When the candles have all burned down, place the ashes and the root and the crystal in the pot and place it at the front door or place it near the front door. You can plant a plant over the top of it so it's not suspicious. I used a heart-shaped crystal because of the things that are causing me worry, have associations with that, so that's what I did. What is very, very interesting to me is I did this yesterday. Today, a solution to one of my concerns may have presented itself. Oh, great. Um, and I don't want to get into too much detail um, because I don't have all the details, but there may be an option that I had, had not considered that presented itself. Great. And it's just so funny that I did the spell. Today is Wednesday. I did the spell on Monday. Today is, so I did the spell on Monday. I had a weird little emotional breakdown yesterday. And then today, a potential solution appeared. Yeah. One thing when I was reading this, what is the significance of seven times? Reading something seven times. A lot of magic 
folks and a lot of magic traditions believe in um, magical numbers. Yeah. So in an Irish tradition, the number three is sacred. Yeah. And three times three, nine, yeah. is extra super sacred. Yeah. Um, and then other other paths hold the number seven as equally sacred oh. um, in the same kind of vein as so in um, Irish thought it it's kind of okay so if you repeat the thing you're giving more and more and more power to the thing okay so you're building the power in the spell and then you know when you're lighting it you're releasing the power in the spell but you're doing it with a sacred number. A lot of um, witches that I know personally actually will do their spells and their spell ingredients and all of those things. They'll end them on odd numbers. Oh, okay. So like, if you look at my spell pouches, my spell pouches will have three, five, seven, nine, 13, whatever, whatever number of ingredients are in the spell pouch, it's always an odd number. Oh, okay. I don't do even numbers in my spell work. No, I don't know why. I just don't. Okay, I was just curious because a lot of them were three or nine. The most of the it's, yeah, it's some weird folklore. I don't know. Seven, seven. We can look into that when we do numerology. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was interesting. So that's good. So seems like you had a little bit of result to that. Yeah, pretty quickly too. So that's nice. That's nice. I, one thing about this spell that I really liked was the two candles, where the one was um, banishment and the other one was protection. Yes, and remember, birthday candles count. Don't don't feel you have to spend a billion dollars on candles to do candle magic, or thousands of dollars on crystals to do crystal magic. Work within your budget because magic is always a hundred percent about intention. Mm -hmm. We just like doing the spells because they're fun. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know the accessories, but they make it better. <laughs> so that's our episode on crystals. Thank you for listening to Lunar Magic Tea Time. You can find us on the internet at lunarmagicteatime.com. You can email us at lunar at lunarmagicteatime.com. You can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, and Google Play. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share. You can find us on Facebook and join our Facebook group. You can find me and my ridiculous daily posts um, on Instagram, Lunar Magic Tea Time Doc or Lunar Magic Tea Time. I'm on YouTube, but I forget what the name is because it's not Lunar Magic. Maybe it is. Someone check and tell me if my YouTube channel is named <laughs> Lunar Magic. Thanks. That's funny. I have no idea. And you can buy merch at Teespring, and I have it on good authority that the t-shirts are the thought softest things ever. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, I enjoyed researching it, and as always, Kristen is my expert. And have a magical day, and that's it out there. Bye.